the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invested, and more. I have a health savings account, and inside my health savings account, I am able to take what my company gives me and invest it. I typically do it twice a year. Yesterday was one of those days. I got in front of my screen. I looked at my options and I was like, do I want growth or do I want value? Part of my growth argument, not all of it, was thinking through myself, talk, thinking it through of how do I feel about the last year? I've seen some companies that have made me wealthy in the last 15, 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years that have seen their prices come down. And I typically always say things psychologically, behaviorally, like I wish I would have owned more of that, or I wish, you know, I would have doubled down on that position during the last recession. So yesterday I had a choice of buying Microsoft. I did not. I talked myself out of it. I was like, they've had job cuts, but I need to see their earnings get slashed. If I was making my decision to buy today, it might be on my radar. Because now that they've had job cuts and earnings expectations lowered, it's going through the process of figuring out where it should fall to. I can't tell you until sometime next week what I did end up purchasing. I promise to. Um, I'm just not allowed to. I'll say this. You won't hear me talking about the company for three days on air. How's that? If you can figure it out between now and then, and no, the name does not rhyme with Amazon. I don't mind being on the conservative bias, especially after a year like we had last year, saying, no, what, what if it's another year like that? Now, tip, we're not going to have four. We typically never have had four years in a row. It would be a crazy abnormal occurrence, almost as abnormal as aliens coming to the planet and announcing they're taking over the world. If you want to be on the conservative side, here's some thoughts for you. There's no problem with cash. Right now, you can get 4% in cash. Do you hear me? 4% in cash is pretty sweet. Now, is it keeping up with inflation? No. But is it better than 0% in cash or jumping into a tech stock that, that pulls back? Yes. I don't remember my elementary school days or was it middle school? Don't fire until you see the white of their eyes in the Revolutionary War. People in the market, like E.P. Wells, Adam Phillips, who I'm going to be talking to later this morning about the whole first uh, fourth quarter. And for people like Patrick O'Hare, who've been in this market for 25 years, there's no shame in identifying the flags that you find important and saying, I don't see them yet. He wants to see job cuts. I No, no. He wants to see earnings expectations slashed. I want to see job cuts. We're starting to get both. Is that the white of their eyes? 
trust me, in the Revolutionary War, even when you saw the white of their eyes, there was another wave coming. Is it going to be that bad? I don't I don't I don't know. We've got a lot of tools to try to make sure it's not. Another thing you can do if you want to be conservative is have invest in stable value funds. We learned last year that that value outdid growth. If you were down 30% last year, you were in growth. If you were down 15%, you're in, in value. It's important to note, though, stable value funds aren't available in every choice that you make, whether it be an IRO or 401k. But you should look at all the options and decide on that. Yesterday, I chose value over growth. Number five, if you're worried about the stock market and being growthy versus conservative, you could say to your things to yourself, like I printed out my social security statement yet, uh, two days ago. Something I do on a regular basis. It's really an odd thing to say out loud. <clears throat> but I'm 10 years plus away. I have a contract to work for another three years. And then we'll see where I am after that. Not pull, I'm not pulling a Howard Stern on you. I'm not. But that's kind of where I'm at, or I'm starting to look around. I'm nowhere near 62. If at 62 I wanted to take my Social Security, I'd get $2,408 a month. If I wait till I'm 65, I'd get 3070 If I wait till I'm 70, I'd get $4,500 a month. So I looked at my statement. I saw those refresh numbers. I wanted to get a, a feeling for where I am. I'm not counting on Social Security to cover too much of my retirement hiney. Let me explain why. Fidelity has a 45% rule where they say you should really use it as a guide versus a set in stone religion to finances. You've heard that you want to have 10 times your salary saved for retirement by age 67. I agree with that. Somewhere between 10 and 20 times. That can help you identify a retirement savings goal because it's kind of weird. Your number is different than my number. What's your number? So Fidelity has a 45% rule, which states that your retirement savings should generate about 45% of your pre-tax, pre-retirement income each year, with Social Security benefits covering the rest of your spending needs. As a result, a retiree who is earning $100,000 a year would need to have between fifty-five dollars and $80,000 per year in Social Security. Let's do the math on mine. Four, was it 4000 Let me take a look again because I closed it. It was 4500 So that's going to cover 45000 Five. It's going to cover about $55,000 in retirement. Okay. So do I get a check that checkbox? Or do I have to continue saving? You see how it plays out? Um, in this case, if I was making 100000 I would need 55000 to 80000 per year in Social Security. So I would be able to say, check. I'm making a little bit more than 100000 So I'm a little bit bitter and upset that I'm on the low end of what Fidelity says is okay. Now, keep in mind, I'm not even 60. So I have time. Fidelity's 45% guideline dictates that a retiree's nest egg should be large enough to replace 45% of their pre-retirement. 
if you have 1 million in assets right now, you could probably get 40,000 to $60,000 a year in income. But two years ago, when interest rates were really low, you could probably get between 20,000 and 40,000. Oh boy, right? See how much of a pain in the butt this is where you're like, I didn't know there was going to be math when I got old. And what really sucks is like, when you get old, you don't want to do math. I look at my kids' geometry and I need to study it for an hour before I sit down with them. I need to refresh. Algebra, I'm really good at. Trigonometry, wonderful. Geometry, I'm like, what was the rule again? Sine over opposite adjacent. Tangent over opposite adjacent. You get the idea. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for coming to the show. Thanks for playing along. Thanks for caring about your future and your finances and your money. I pledge you, listen, I'll do everything I can to the best of my power to get you to retirement. Even if you're a 25-year-old, we're going to get started. And if you're a 45-year-old, if you haven't started, it's probably too late in your work till today you die. That's a plan, at least. It may not be the plan you want to hear, but it's a plan. There's so much going on. Dolly Parton is expanding her baking line with Duncan Hines by launching four new flavors. Mm-hmm. The only thing I could say there is you, you start learning that investing is about a product. Duncan Hines makes cake mixes. Dolly Parton is a salesperson. You kind of see how that plays into companies' products, I think. It's not that good of a story, is it? Nope. Um, 2023, the big focus, in my opinion, is going to be on the word recession. I think 2022 is all on inflation. 2021, we were talking about opening and recovery after the pandemic. It didn't really play out that way. But that was the focus. I remember saying 2019 is going to be the pre-pandemic economy. 2020 is going to be the pandemic economy. And 2021 will be coming out of the pandemic and that kind of didn't play out that way. The, the tail end of that coming out didn't quite go as smoothly as we wanted it to. So 2023 is dealing with three stock markets, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and the NASDAQ suffering big losses in 2022. Double digits, dismal year. Dismal year everywhere you turn, which is kind of unheard of. One of the analogies that I like to say is that it's a horse race in assets that they all eventually get to the finish line. Historically, real estate travels at 4%. Stocks at 6 to 7 8% plus dividends. Bonds at 5%. And then you can get into the other, you know, the, the sub horses. They all start on the left and they all go to the right. And some years are better than others. And some years the real estate outperforms the stocks and some years the stocks outperform the bonds. And some years, the last year was a year that everyone took a step back. I've not seen that in my investment lifetime. Now, what did well? Cash. Cash is typically like dum, 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 dum in the background, like not that great of an asset. Um, but last year, cash was a winner. 
then you get the subsets of the stocks like large cap, small cap, mid cap. You get tech, you get finances, you get the idea. So 2023 is going to be different than 2022 as far as what we're watching at the races. The big question for 2023 is will we or will we not fall into a recession? 61% of economists polled think we will. Recession's not a bad thing. This is something that I have to state every now and then. Um, it's like the dumb thing I used to say when I was a kid. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Right? Recessions aren't bad things. They take care of the excesses. And in this case, it's true. The excesses are inflation. But they say 2023 is going to be a crazy year of travel. Like, book your tickets now. Book your plans now. Get your hotel now. Everything next fall, do it now. Because airlines had trouble hiring enough people back. And demand's going to be big in 2020. How does that equal a recession? That's right. How does it? So even though economists are expecting it, how deep will it be? How wide will it be? Will it hit middle class as much as it hits the lower income, as much as it hits the higher? We don't know. Some stock market themes in 2023. Should be tech and growth stocks. Took it on the chin last year while value stocks like insurance companies, consumer staples, healthcare. Consumer staples are things we have to have, like food. They held up better last year than growth in tech. You're going to see more people paying attention to high dividend paying stocks. Beware, high-paying dividend stocks may come under strain if investors flee them for more conservative interest-bearing treasury bills. Um, valuations are super important in 2023. So we're looking for a company to pay a little bit of a dividend. I'm getting a little bit of an inheritance. And in my head, when it comes, am I going to put it in income-bearing stocks, value stocks, growth stocks? Am I going to set it up so it's recurring that it always pays a dividend to me and my family. I don't know. That's in honor of my mother taking care of us even after she's passed kind of idea. I like biblical big kind of images. The maternal character is passed and yet she's still loving. I prefer buying quality companies at reasonable prices. Um, since the start of the year, the NASDAQ's up 10%, it looks like roughly. I, I got to say, that's, that feels like a little bit too much, a little bit too fast. So if I got the money today, I, I'm probably going to say, Ooh, that's a nice rebound there, but let's see where else we can look. I like fundamentals. I think they're back in vogue in a very un-Madonna-like way. She's going out on tour again. Something tells me she's not going to crash Ticketmaster like Taylor Swift did. Saw something pretty hilarious. I think I think it was on Instagram. Yes, I was bored, and yes, I was randomly watching other people's videos. And I called that dinner with my wife. Okay, I'll tell that joke one more time. Caught myself watching something on Instagram. I typically wouldn't do. Okay, I'll shut up. I was bored. I had nothing to really really want to do, so I was watching. So anyway, I watched this. Basically, an 18-year-old girl do an impression of Taylor Swift, but change all of her lyrics to make fun of Taylor Swift. And it's like, when you're 32 and still sing in songs about 16. It was pretty clever for a 16, 18-year-old girl to do a parody, in my opinion. 
because I think the rumor du jour is that every girl loves Taylor Swift. I think that's the case. Hey, day. So 2023 fixed income. It's rare for stocks and bonds to be down like they were in 2022. Last time that happened was 1977, which was not in my investor lifetime. I didn't start buying stocks till the late 80s. Fixed income is going to become hopefully better this year. I'm, I got an email from one of my longtime listeners and he goes, what's a good money market account? And I was like, well, you could probably get at least 4%. I use Flourish, which is tied towards EP Wealth. I'm getting a little bit more than four, but if you go to bankrate.com, bankrate.com, you'll see that you're getting historically pretty high rates on cash right now. And if you're 65 and somebody says you need income, I'm doing tribute to Tete. You better take a look at treasury bonds uh, as well as keeping a cash. You can get 4% in cash and cash is pretty darn sweet. Cash is not going to have another job, but is 4% going to be an inflation? It's starting to get close. So I think 2023 is a great year to look at your fixed income portfolio and say, where do I want to be? I'm thrilled to say that out loud. Because as someone who's not rapidly approaching 65, but for someone who's been way on the outside for his whole life at 65, I've never thought about fixed income. And now I'm starting to. Here's my best advice for 2023. Be diversified. Last year, the Morgan Stanley Country Index tied towards... Um, international stocks held up better than the SP 500 index. Yet, how many investors say, Ooh, I want a basket of international stocks? I like international stocks. The example I like to give to you is that uh, America doesn't own all the stocks, just most of them, it feels like. But there's companies like Nestle, and it's a company I hate. Um, as I'm getting older, I'm like, I said I loved them, right? Yeah, I did. So you're saying mixed messages, Rob, mixed messages will work with me for a second. As I'm getting older, I'm like, they sell a lot of single use plastic. And I think there's a big secret that like we're recycling plastic, but we're not. It's like it's it's usually going to the landfill, usually some other countries. Landfill. And you're saying you watch too much 60 minutes. I probably do. I probably do. But my best advice is be diversified. Go after some international stuff. Get some international stocks if you don't have them. Um, but not individual stocks because you don't know about individual stocks. Not Chinese stocks because I don't think you know about Chinese stocks. I get an index, but like one of the stocks that I do like is Nestle. Um, in ESTLE, Nestle makes the very best chocolate. <clears throat> it was like a 1950s television commercial, and my mother loved it. That's my second shout out to my mother today. Um. Continue to add to your accounts. The biggest mistake I ever made was the year that I didn't look at my 401k. I didn't realize it wasn't funding. So I missed a whole year funding my 401k at way lower levels. Continue to add to your accounts. Be patient like every other year. Anything can happen. In times of investment stress, a little bit of perspective helps. For instance, in 2018, the SP500 saw a correction of more than 10% in the first quarter. And again, in the fourth quarter, followed by a rebound of 13% in the first quarter. So yeah, there was a little bit of volatility in 2018 and we went 
down, we went up, we went down, and went way up. <clears throat> I'm looking at adding another rental property in 2023. I don't call that a guarantee, but it's something I'm thinking about steady and consistent. That's how I would approach 23. Be patient, be diversified, look for some safer plays. Stay in the game. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Thanks for listening to the show. I pledge if you listen, I'm going to do my best to figure out how to get you to retirement. Keep you calm, keep you focused, keep you investing is the best advice I can try to do. Um. Learn from our mistakes. Try to you know see things coming. California's new wealth tax could follow you to Florida or Texas and would hit more than billionaires. Like, I think that's a crazy story that you saw Elon Musk not go from nothing to a billionaire. But you saw him go from multi-billionaire to multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-billionaire and then say, you know what? I'm leaving the state of California. And you're like, well, California kind of set the stage for you to become a multi, you know, the richest man on the planet. And now you're going to go to Texas. And he's like, uh-huh. And there's no shame in that. CFPs will try to figure out the best way to manage your taxes. And honestly, my CFP at EP Wealth, Brad, if he were to say, Rob, you and your spouse, as soon as the kids are out of high school, need to move to a more tax-friendly state. I'd be like, okay, I'll think about that. I think it's great advice. Am I frustrated seeing what Elon Musk is doing? Yes. And you, you can't open the internet without seeing stories of like Carl Icahn fleeing New York. Donald Trump leaves New York for Florida. Not because the weather's great in Florida or the food's great in Florida. It's because the taxes are non-existent in Florida. Not totally true, but that's the idea. Warren Buffett's still talking. As long as that man talks and doesn't turn into some sort of molds, uh, mildew, Zombie, I'm going to be paying attention. I'm going to assume that everything that comes out of him is a spore of wealth and not a spore of death. Bitcoin. He talks Bitcoin a lot. He predicted it. He predicted in 2018 that it was heading for trouble after hitting an all-time peak of 69,000, a most dubious number on November 10th, 2021. The currency lost 67% of its value, sitting at 23000 right now. Now, again, it went down to 16000 last year, and we're at, we're like, if it breaks 60, it's, it's going to 12. It's going, technically, it's going to 12. It's up 40% this year. Look, the NASDAQ's up 10%. I saw a uh, CEO yesterday say, this is just a reversion to the mean, and this is going to end badly for Bitcoin. So this is like your chance to get out. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you how smart people view it. Not people who are starting at the bottom going, well, the money's already been made in the stock market. The money's already been made in the housing market. The money's already been made. So I need to try to hit a home run somewhere else. I don't think that's the case. Um, Yesterday, I talked about investing in McDonald's. I'm not against it. It was around when I was a little kid. It'll be around when my little kids have little kids. Um, It was delicious, salty, processed food when I was a little kid. 
And as a parent, I was like, I'm not going to give my kids delicious, salty food, processed food. And then I gave my kids delicious, salty, processed food when we're on road trips. And that turns into the weekend. Dad, can we go get a muffin? Uh, never break that wall. Once you break that wall, there's no turning back. So Warren Buffett says, Bitcoin has no unique value at all. He thinks it's an unproductive asset. I like where he's going with that. He's a well-known preference for stocks, for corporations whose value and cash flow come from producing things. My kids say there's a Dairy Queen near our house in the mountains because they don't have legit McDonald's kind of things. They got like the wackadoodle Dairy Queens. And I know you're saying Dairy Queen's not wackadoodle. Well, you go in, you order a burger, and it's 35 minutes. It's a wackadoodle experience. It's not what you thought it was going to be. Um, but they make those freezes, and during the summer, come off the lake, you're like, that looks kind of delicious. Um, frozen yogurt is is really a money machine. It's something Warren Buffett. I'm surprised he didn't invest in Froyo or something like that, because it does not cost a lot of money to make a uh, hundred servings of frozen yogurt, and they charge six, seven, eight dollars now for a cup. Crazy. That's the productive cash flowing asset, frozen yogurt. Cryptocurrencies don't have any real value. They don't reproduce. They can't mail you a check. They can't do anything. And what you hope for is that somebody else comes along and pays more money for it than you. That's the problem. Bitcoin is intended to provide real value as a payment system. That use is still pretty limited. Bitcoin's value comes from the optimism that someone will else would pay more for it in the future than you're paying for it today. And so far, when things go bad, they've gone really, really bad on a country level and on a corporate level with Bitcoin. I'm staying away. Warren Buffett said, first and foremost, is not unique and doesn't do anything productive. Second thing he said is it doesn't he doesn't think crypto. As a tradable asset, but does it meet three criteria of money? Money is supposed to be a means of exchange, a store of value, and a unit of account. Buffett calls all of those things a mirage. It does not meet the test of currency. And third and third most, he says, Bitcoin, um, I don't understand it. I get in enough trouble with things that I know and the things that I understand, he says. Why in the world would I take a position in something I don't know anything about? And I've seen way too many peers, people my age, 50, quitting their jobs and trying to become Bitcoin enthusiasts, and it's embarrassing. I would just be very, very cautious. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up in early February in Cupertino. Then there's going to be one coming up in the East Bay in March. Learn more at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. This interview featured on the Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton to see what he's seeing out there and to plug the seminar that's coming up Thursday, February 9th. At the Cupertino's Juniper Hotel, lovely hotel, great parking, easy parking, great restaurants close by, 630 to 830. You can sign up today at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Mr. Burton, how are you? I am well, Rob. How are you? Good. Let's talk about the event. Uh, What are a few topics that you're going to be covering at the said event, income and retirement and tax planning? 
Well, it's it, more than a few. It's probably the most intense retirement planning event anybody would ever attend. You're uh, you're making that up. You're making it sound like a Fox show. I, no, I think most people say it's okay. It's like drinking out of a fire hose in terms of information. But uh, <clears throat> the goal is to really truly cover all of the different issues that people face in retirement. And you know, I've, I've been doing this for over 28 years, and at this point, we're still historically low on long-term interest rates. Um, okay. Not at the low, but historically low. If you look at the 10-year Treasury now back at 3.4%, but we have decent short-term rates. I mean, you can get over 4.5% on you know 26-week T-bills at TreasuryTrack.gov. So there, there's there's it, it's better for fixed-income investors and and your safe money these days. But what is retirement truly going to cost people? Right? You have your expenses, but you're not working anymore. So what are your hobbies? What's what's going to motivate you to get it, get out of bed? What are your healthcare costs? What are your taxes going to be as you withdraw from your IRA, your 401k, as you sell stock to pay your expenses? Mm-hmm. How do you shift from that accumulation phase where it's really easy, Rob, right? I mean, timing the market doesn't matter when you're, when you're just buying. You're, every two weeks, it's, the best thing you can do is just continue to invest. Timing the market doesn't work. But when you switch to the decumulation phase, you do need to time your withdrawals. You need to make sure that you set up your asset allocation so that you can get through recessions. Or periods of time when stocks and bonds are down at the same time, like 2022. It's interesting that you say that because you just, you just scared me a little bit. Like, is this going to happen again? And is it going to happen the year that I retired? And I think you're trying to tell me I better plan for it just in case. Well, yeah. I mean, you go through booms and busts in the economy, right? You go through periods of time where, uh, you get an overheated job market, you start to get inflation, and the feds want to raise interest rates. It's happened before. Um, and so we've, we we went to this period of time where stocks and bonds were going up together, um, more of a closer correlation to one, as we call it, into the business, right? It's, it's not – when we were younger, we used to explain, hey, when you invest in a portfolio, it's like an engine, right? You got one piston going up when the other piston's going down. Um, so you got a couple pistons going up and other pistons are going down, right? It, it, well, for the last few years, it was stocks and bonds going up together. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll go through these periods again. It doesn't scare me. It, we've, we've had them before. Um, but we look back through history, the stock market's averaged over 10% and 74% of the time the market's been positive over the last 50 years. The stocks will take care of you over time. You just don't want to sell when either stocks or bonds are down at the same time. It's interesting because recently I've been putting a, uh, a thought on your and my 25 year career of financial media and what once was beating the markets and being smarter than every financial planner or uh, investor out there has turned into what does retirement look like for me? And I'm really, really glad you're here to help us with this. Thursday, Cupertino, 630 to 830, February 9th. Where does the tax reduction strategy fit in with all this? Because I, I have a kind of naive personal approach to taxes. I don't mind paying taxes if I'm getting the benefits from that state, if I'm getting the benefits from the federal government, if I'm getting the benefits from the local grocery store. But in retirement, I'm going to have a little bit tighter hold of my money, I think. Yeah, and um, the issue is is that there's different phases of your withdrawal strategy in retirement. Uh-huh especially for people that are able to save up and retire at a younger age, right? Let's say you're able to retire at 60. Okay. Um, So you've got this withdrawal phase. You're not going to have Medicare benefits kick in until you're 65. So you've got a withdrawal phase from early retirement to Medicare. You've got 
the next phase is from that point in time to when you start taking Social Security, which more and more people are delaying till they're 70 if, if either them or their spouse that's got a lower income is going to live past you know mid-80s. Wow. And then you've got from the date you take Social Security to age 73, which is the new age, required minimum distribution age, as of a little over a month ago from the Secure 2.0 Act that was passed. At 73, you have to start taking required minimum distributions from your IRA, 401k, 403b. And so for those people that have different types of accounts, meaning they have pre-tax 401ks, pre-tax IRAs, they have tax-free Roth, they have a brokerage account that they just invested in either mutual funds, ETFs, or stocks outside of retirement, and they have their mm-hmm. cash, and in some cases, annuities. They have all these different buckets. And so which buckets do you take from in what order do you alternate to keep your taxes lower for longer? Do you blend that income to t- keep your taxes lower for longer? It's just a little different because you and I are always, you know, we're working and we're trying to say, how do I pay the least amount of taxes this year? But mm-hmm. once you're retired, you have this limited asset that's going to last 35 plus years. And so it's, it's, it's better to look way longer out in the future and say, how do I keep taxes lower for longer? I don't want to one off this too much, but yeah, I'm going to go off your script for just a second. Um, I'm getting a lot of questions from people that say, I want to take Social Security early and invest it because I don't need it, grow that money, put it maybe in a Roth or somewhere. I don't know what the plan is there. Um, but what do you think about taking it early, Social Security, investing it, thinking you could get better than an 8% return, which is what the government's going to give you for not taking it that year? Well, I, I think that if you're single and you don't think you're going to live much past your, you know, 80 year old mm-hmm. life expectancy, then go for it. But if you've got a spouse that's going to last longer than you are, what you have to do is do some spousal planning. There's a lot less things that we can do now with social security because they've, they've passed a lot of changes. Yeah. But if you're the higher income earner and your spouse, um, what happens in a married couple when the first person dies, the survivor keeps the larger check no matter what happens. And so you have to do that planning and say, okay, you're going to live to a ripe old age. And, and the idea is from full retirement age, which is most you know, people is age 67, if you hold off for three years to take it at age 70, that's like an 8% rate of return. So yeah. you know, the most you can get right now on something really safe for a couple of years is around 4.5%. So I, I don't know how you're going to do that for the rest of your life. Um, so you. that, that's, that's a fair. tough one. I mean, I, I would... I don't think I think the big social security changes are going to be coming for people that are under 50 right now where we're going to either okay. pay higher taxes or have to wait longer to take it. I feel like I just cleared that hurdle. So I'm on the good side. You're on the younger side of 50. How can you test to be sure people are ready for retirement? And you're going to be talking about this at the event Thursday, Cupertino, Juniper Hotel. But how can you test to be sure? Well, uh, Part of it is that life plan situation, like really explore your expenses and maybe take some sabbaticals and take some time off and say, okay, the first month is easy. You relax. You got your cell phone finally turned off. You're, you're, you're taking a break from all that, but, but then what, you know, you go from really, really desired and wanted and needed at work to, okay, now it's all you. So what's your life plan? Explore those expenses. What is it truly going to cost to motivate you to get you out of bed, exercise, you know? enjoy life, right? And then what, what is that going to cost in terms of healthcare costs based on your retirement age? And then Medicare, your Medicare Part B premiums, which, you know, go way up if you have a higher income. Uh, your, all of your other medical expenses, 
And then you have to say, okay, which accounts am I drawing from? What's that going to cost tax-wise? Mm-hmm. So you got to really explore those expenses. And then what I like to do is, is run a very conservative projection to say, if we have kind of one of those worst case scenarios where from like 2007 to 10 years later, a balanced portfolio averaged like 5.6% because of the big great recession and all the other things that happened. What if that happened for like 30 years? And could your portfolio last till 100 at a really low rate of return like that? Um, And if that's the case, okay, let's move on and and say, let's run these scenarios, these very detailed cash flow uh, simulations that include very detailed tax modeling and use what's called Monte Carlo simulations, which takes historical market returns, essentially Rob and Rob, you know, over a thousand different simulations on what's happened in the past and what it could happen in the future. And you can get a success rate on your portfolio and how long it'll last. And so if you can get, you know, those pass those two tests and say, okay, I've got more than an 85% chance and I can then rerun the model with the right asset allocation that's right for you with a proper withdrawal strategy that also helps lower taxes, then that's when you know, okay, now I am ready to retire. I'm, I'm ready to pull the trigger and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go retire now. Sounds good. We've got about 30 seconds before we have 30 seconds. Any last thoughts? No, it's, it, a lot goes into the idea of planning for retirement. And yeah. it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of tax issues, a lot of ways to set up your portfolio and go through good economies and bad economies. You can set it up so that you're not nervous when you go through events like 2022. You'll still be a little bit nervous, but you're not going to be panicking and wondering if you have to go back to work. Thanks very much. You can meet CFP Chad Burton in Cupertino, California, February 9th, 630 to 830. If you're thinking about becoming a client, I think you should come meet him, see what he does. He's going to talk about income in retirement planning. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.